Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And today's episode is very exciting because my guest is... Caroline Vazana, and she's a modern-day Carrie Bradshaw. She's also author of Making It in Manhattan book, fashion editor, and stylist. So in this episode, Caroline and I are discussing how she made it in Manhattan in the fashion industry in such a competitive world. We're also discussing her five best moments that define the career. We're also discussing what should you keep in mind before starting your blog or starting to work for yourself, the best networking tips, how fashion trends will change in 2021, how to make pictures look more editorial, what is the best way to grow on social media, how to get invited to fashion shows, how to get brand partnerships, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, girl. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Me too. And you have such an amazing background and you stand out a lot around all the influencers. So we would love to learn more about you. Would you please tell us more about yourself? Sure, sure. So um, I'm from New York originally. I started my career doing what everyone does, which is internships. So my first internship ever was with fashion designer Anna Sui. And that's how I really learned more about the fashion industry and just fell in love with it all. And after that, I found my way working in fashion magazines. And right out of college, I landed jobs at Teen Vogue and InStyle. And then about four years ago, I decided to try and go out on my own and make it as my own boss. And That's how I ended up creating Making It in Manhattan. And now I work with tons of really cool brands on social media campaigns and collaborations and do styling work with different brands. So the past four years have been a really crazy and exciting journey. And I'm, you know, really thankful that I that I took that jump and made that transition into being my own boss. Have you ever had passion for fashion or how did you end up in this field? So when I was younger, I just always loved dressing myself. I can remember like being in fifth grade and going out shopping with my mom and she was so supportive 
supportive and would let me, you know, dress myself and pick out my own outfits. So I was always really interested in fashion and, you know, the fact that people work in this industry, people get to play with clothes all day. You know, that's what I thought when I was younger. And I was like, this seems just so incredible and so, so fun. And so at first I thought I actually wanted to be a fashion designer and I went into college for fashion design, but then quickly realized I didn't want to be sewing for the rest of my life. And then I kind of had to rework and refigure out, okay, well, I know I love fashion, but I don't want to be a designer. So what do I want to do? And that's when I started uh, doing internships and trying to find my way in the industry. Well, that's amazing. I had that dilemma too, because I, when I was a kid, I used to even make clothes for my dolls and stuff since I was like, I don't know, five, six years old. I love it. That's so fun. Yeah, I used to play dress up and all of that. But actually, yeah, to be a designer, it takes way more. And it's just sometimes I mean, it's way harder than just being fashion blogger. I mean, fashion blogger has their own, you know, ups and downs and Hmm. pros and cons. But fashion designer, definitely. I think it's harder, a little bit. Yeah, I I think just becoming a designer, it it's I mean it's a skill set that I just personally don't have like the construction and having the eye for putting a garment together I mean I think it is really cool and I'd love maybe one day to have a small line or something like that but I think to really start a brand from the ground up and to that be like your full-time job like it's it's just so incredible I admire designers so much yeah and I do too and you also wrote an amazing book making it in Manhattan What's the story behind it? So I actually started writing Making It in Manhattan when I was still working at InStyle Magazine. And the thought behind writing it was just that I wanted to help the future fashion generation. I wanted to help out those who wanted to make it in the fashion industry starting out. You know, I didn't come from a fashion family. I didn't have any connections to the industry starting out. So really everything I learned was completely on my own and just through trial and error. So I sat down one day and I was thinking, wow, it would be really incredible to be able to write an all-encompassing guidebook for beginners to help them just learn about the industry and learn about making it in the industry and breaking into the industry. So that was the thought process behind it and the inspiration behind it. And then I started writing it while I was still at InStyle. And that was kind of what launched also my website and just my brand altogether was kind of this idea of, of making it in Manhattan. And how did you make it in Manhattan? Because New York is so competitive, especially in fashion industry. What has helped you? Totally. It's definitely a very competitive field. And I still I still feel like every day I'm still making it and I'm still on a journey to, to you know, achieve all of my goals because it definitely is a hard industry out there. But I think just through networking and persistence and hard work, I mean, really not to sound cliche, but anything is possible. But I think also having started my career working in magazines, you know, at Teen Vogue and at InStyle, I was able to foster connections through there and through that great experience. And I was then able to, you know, 
stretch those connections into my new life. When I went out on my own and became my own boss, I was able to take a lot of those connections I had and then, you know, continue on with them and see, okay, I'm not working at this magazine anymore, but I'm doing my own thing and I'm doing my own brand. How can we still work together? How can we, you know, is there a project we can work on together and just things like that. So I think just networking and building a good network of people and, you know, being reliable and be willing to work really, really hard. I think those are just all great qualities to have that'll help you, you know, make it in the industry. I believe so too, and especially networking. Mm-hmm. What are your best tips for networking? I think, I mean, pre-COVID, I felt like I was doing all of my networking at events and meeting people in person and chatting with them and telling them who you are and giving them your business card and things like that. Obviously, we've had to readjust our lives a little bit and networking is no longer the same. So, you know, I've been trying to give my followers on Instagram or on TikTok advice for networking in today's day and age. And, you know, one of my biggest pieces of advice is now, you know, if there's someone you admire, write them a message, whether it's an email or a DM or whatever it might be, or a message on LinkedIn. I think the way you're going to build your network in this new, you know, this new society we're in is just through social media and through virtual interactions. So, you know, I've done some virtual coffee dates with people during, you know, the past couple months from people who've just reached out to me via email and just said that they really admire me or they, you know, whatever it might be and they want to do a virtual coffee meeting. Um, I think, yeah, just networking in today's day and age is very, very different, but reaching out to people you admire via email, via LinkedIn, via DM with just, you know, a nice professional message asking if you could chat with them or pick their brain or do a virtual coffee meeting or something like that. I think, you know, it doesn't hurt ever to ask the worst someone could say is no. And, and at least you tried And Who knows, you might build a new connection in your network just by reaching out. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Especially, I mean, now we can only do so much, but Mm-hmm. virtually we can do a lot still and totally. social media definitely helps <laughs> mm, absolutely what were your five best moments that defined your career it's a good question um I'd probably say some big moments that defined my career were probably like landing my first internship I think that was like a really big moment because that's how I got my, you know, got my first foot in the industry. So that was a really big one. And then I think after that landing my first job out of college, which was at Teen Vogue, I think those were, that was another really big moment because, you know, your first job is really going to define you a lot. It's going to teach you so much. It's going to teach you, do you like this industry? Do you not like, do you want to work in this particular field? For example, for me, magazines, long-term things like that. I think, um, you know, those are two really big ones. I think another big one for me was when I quit my full-time job to become my own boss. I think that was another one. When my book came out, that was another big moment for me. And then another moment that my fifth one, which I think defined my uh, career, was when I did my very first uh, styling job. And I styled to uh, celebrities for the MTV Video Music Awards. So I think those are just uh, my top five off the top of my head. How did you decide to go on your own? Was it scary for you? What was the turning point? 
It definitely was scary. And it was definitely something that I was like, oh my gosh, am I making a huge mistake? Am I going to regret this? Am I going to look back and be like, I cannot believe I left behind a job working at InStyle. But at the end of the day, there was like a voice in the back of my head that just kept telling me like, you're meant to do something more than this. Like you need to get out there. You need to share your story. And And it was one of those things that I just knew if I didn't take that risk and if I didn't take that chance, I would always regret it and that I'd always be left with the what ifs. And I always say that in life, you don't want to live with the what ifs. You want to take the risk because worst case, I could always go back and get another nine to five job working, you know, in the fashion industry, but I'm never going to get another chance again right now in my life to take this risk and to quit my job and to try to build my own brand and become my own boss. So it just kind of got to a point where I couldn't silence the voice in the back of my head anymore telling me like, do it, take the risk, take the risk. And eventually I was kind of just like, it's now or never, like, let's see if you can do it. Let's take the risk. And I kind of just dove in head first and said, I'd figure it out along the way. And it was, you know, the best decision I ever made. Yeah. And how long did it take you to realize that, oh my God, that was the best decision after all the regrets at first I'm sure yeah yeah I mean I think I think some of the things at first for me were like it it felt really exciting right away because you know I no longer had a boss like telling me what to do or telling me I could or couldn't do things I think one of the things that I love about what I do right now is that I get to be so creative and I get to work on so many different projects whereas one of my biggest I guess grievances and I was working full-time was like you know not feeling fulfilled creatively and now I get to feel fulfilled creatively all the time so I mean I feel like there is all different points where and I was like I'm so happy I did this but maybe like a full year in once I like felt secured and I was making good money and things like that was I able really to like sit back and look look at everything and be like wow like I'm so happy I made this decision yeah it was the best feeling ever right Yeah, so good. So good. Could never go back. Yeah. What should you keep in mind before starting your blog or starting to work for yourself? I think in terms of like starting a blog or an Instagram account or social media, I always tell people to, first of all, just do research, like make sure that there's no one else out there doing the exact same thing as you already, because there are so many influencers and brands and blogs out there. So make sure that you're bringing something to the table that isn't already being done or isn't already being said. So, you know, researching the name, I think that's so important, just making sure no one already has the name you want. Um, the URL, whether it's, you know, an Instagram name, making sure your concept, like, what is your concept? Do you want to inspire people to dress outside the lines? Do you want to inspire people to teach them how to dress for their body type? Do you want to talk about accessories? Do you want to talk about beauty? Like, what do you want to talk about? Like, really, really figure that out and hone in on it. Figure out, like, your brand message, what you stand for, and figuring out your brand name. I think those are all really important things to, like, keep in mind before launching a brand or a blog or social media I agree and I wish I knew so many things before starting it because it was you know it's challenging when you start something new and especially when we were starting there was not much information out there on blogging influencer like things now it's 
so much easier, but before it was not. Yeah, now there's there's guidebooks and there's articles and there's there's definitely a lot. I feel like when we started out, it was just kind of trial and error. But at the same time, I kind of loved that. I kind of loved that there was no mold or there was no outline. And not, not that there even now is a right or wrong, like you can really do anything. And that's the beauty of this industry. But um, yeah, it was a little bit more unknown when, when I started and when we started. So I kind of did love that a little bit, that we were kind of like paving the way. Yeah, it was definitely unknown. <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah. What does it really mean to you to create your career online? I mean, I think the beauty of it is that you just get to reach so many people. You get to help people. You get to inspire people. I think with being online, you don't even know how many people you're reaching. I mean, that's the beauty of it, especially there's so many platforms nowadays, like Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, you can reach hundreds of thousands of people and inspire them and make them feel good, especially during COVID times. Like it, I was, I kept saying, you know, especially in the beginning of quarantine, I was getting up every day and I was pushing myself really and inspiring, trying to stay inspired to shoot at home and to do like really creative pictures around my house. And, you know, why was I doing this every day? Like why, it was just me and my tripod and my closet and just trying to really create these beautiful images. And I just kept telling myself, everyone's home and everyone's feeling like really down right now. If I can just inspire or make one person feel good or just make one person smile because of a crazy outfit I put together, like that's all that matters. So I just, you know, I love being able to help people and reach so many people and hear people's reactions and just inspire them to be like their most authentic selves. I feel the same way. I feel like quarantine has been like the busiest time for me. <laughs> yeah. I was getting so creative to the point where I would just lay down under palm tree because, you know, the shadow with the sun and the palm tree leaves would yeah. like lay on me and, and you know, it's just... Mm-hmm. for any like pretty picture I mean I would get so creative at home <laughs> I love it I love it yeah we had to really being home like you didn't have just like a city landscape behind you and you didn't have a beach or a beautiful palm tree next to you to take a picture and make it so easy like you had to really sit around your house or walk around your house and be like okay how can I be creative today like what can I do that I haven't done that feels different or cool or new. So it, it was, and it still is. I mean, we're still inside, but the beginning of quarantine for sure was a really interesting time. It was. How do you make pictures to look more editorial? I think one of my biggest tips is playing around with like camera angles and different poses. So, you know, I think just the way you pose your body, whether it's like paying attention to hand placement or playing with props or, you know, I'm very big on like, I like sometimes balancing things on my head or whatever it might be. I think playing around with props and with hand placement and the way you're posing, I think it can instantly make a picture look more editorial. And then in terms of like camera angles. So I always love shooting from like a lower down angle or maybe a higher up angle, um, playing around with but the angle of the picture, I think, always really can like make it just look a little bit more high fashion. Yeah, your pictures are always so bright and so stylish. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. That makes me so happy.
Yeah. How do you think fashion trends will change in 2021? I think just from what we saw on the runway a little bit this past fashion week, I think we all just want more happiness back in our lives. So, which I love. So there was, you know, there was a lot of color on the runways. There was a lot of print, a lot of mixed prints, a lot of like tool, a lot of sequins, a lot of sparkle. So I think in the upcoming year, designers and people were all yearning for happiness in our lives. And I mean, I'm personally, I'll be the first one to say I'm a very emotional dresser. So that just means that I dress based on my emotions and that clothing impacts my emotions. So like, that's why I love to wear color. And and the crazy things I do is because I feel like when you put on something really fun or colorful, it can instantly make you happy. That's just how I feel. Um, Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but it works for me. So I think we're all going in that direction. And we want more of that after the past year we've had. So I'm excited to see what 2021 has in store. But I'm thinking at least come spring, a lot of color, pattern, prints, um, a lot of happiness, hopefully. I feel the same way because I don't even wear dark colors. Like I don't even get mm-hmm. dark nails in fall because I love to have like, bright colors and just light colors. They always make me happier. I feel like dark colors are a little bit gloomy sometimes. Where do you get your fashion inspiration from? That's a great question. I think, you know, pre-COVID it was kind of just all over like it could be just walking down the streets of New York City or from places I've traveled to or being you know in Paris for fashion week I feel like you come back so incredibly inspired and wanting to try out different fashion trends I mean now definitely being inside for the past I don't even know how many months it's been it's probably been like nine months which is crazy um I feel like I've been getting inspiration a lot more from from online like sources like Pinterest or even like old-fashioned magazines or I've just personally been also experimenting a little bit more in my closet and trying to put together different things I wouldn't necessarily think to put together also because I have a little bit more time I think sometimes in the past I would have just been running out the door so I would just throw on anything and go and now I'm kind of like putting a little bit more thought into the planning of the looks and things like that Um, but Pinterest social media old magazines, old editorials. I love looking up like vintage, uh, you know, magazine spread or vintage magazine shoot and seeing what people are wearing. Yeah, I feel like I get my inspiration from, of course, magazines and luxury brand campaigns Mm -hmm. like Gucci and all of them. They always have like the most creative um, campaigns. Totally. I love seeing it. In your opinion, what is the best way to grow on social media? It's definitely changed since I started working in the industry. I feel like four years ago, it was definitely easier to grow on social media. I don't know if it's because the algorithm or because there's just so many influencers out there now. Um, But I mean, my biggest advice and my biggest tips are to post consistently, post every single day if you can, um, taking advantage of all the amazing like video options we have out there now. So it could be TikTok, it could be Reels, you know, YouTube is is actually introducing vertical videos as well. So taking advantage of like the different platforms out there and and playing up the video content. I think video content is super important right now, but posting consistently and just being authentic and true to yourself, like not, you know, 
it's fine to grab inspiration from other people, but just trying to stay true to yourself, like not copying others or just doing the same thing everyone else is doing. I think during quarantine, I was getting very, very bored with social media just because I feel like I'd go on. I felt like everyone was wearing the same thing or posting the same, you know, I don't know, laying on the floor with your foot in the air picture. And I just love people's feeds who I feel like are so unique and so authentic and so fun and different. And I love people who like dress really, really differently. Like the outfits, I always say that like, you have to double take because you're like, it's so quirky, but it just works. Like those are the people I love. So I think just being authentic and being true to yourself and not trying to fit into any kind of mold and then just sharing your voice, sharing your message, posting regularly, taking advantage of all the incredible platforms out there. Cause I think that's a great way to like, you know, if you blow up on TikTok, you can then direct people to your Instagram or to your YouTube or things like that. So I think there's so many ways to grow right now and reach an audience. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are just some of my tips, but it definitely is a little bit more difficult to grow these days than it was four years ago, but it's definitely still possible. Yeah. And also, I know you're popular on TikTok. How did you do it? And do you believe yeah. in TikTok? And does it help you grow your Instagram as well? So TikTok is so fun and it's such a different platform for me. Um, yeah. I mean, when I joined TikTok, I just joined in the beginning of quarantine in like February and like maybe right before lockdown started. And during fashion month, I joined TikTok and started like actually posting on it. And in the beginning, I had no idea what I was doing, to be perfectly honest. I was trying to do like dances and stuff. And I was like, I'm not a dancer. Like, what am I doing? So eventually, once I had more time and I was home in quarantine, it's when I started really focusing more on like style and career advice videos. And that's what I really have seen has worked for me personally is sharing more style about like what to wear for this or how to do this, like how to network videos. People love those. Um, so yeah. And then in terms of like driving traffic to other fields. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like some of my TikTok followers have crossed over to my Instagram and have then followed me on Instagram and have, you know, supported me over there. So it's been great because I feel like, you know, if anything, it's just helping you build a wider, stronger community. It does. Experience for me with TikTok was I started in quarantine like most of the people did, but then I stopped because, you know, we had those rumors that TikTok is going to disappear so yeah stopped but then kind of picked up again after totally totally I kept getting so nervous when that kept happening because I was like oh no I've I've dedicated so much time to building such a a great community but um for now at least I mean I'm definitely happy that it has not gone anywhere yeah me too how do you get invited to fashion shows so that has been a long process, I feel like, just because I was being invited to fashion shows, you know, when I was working in magazines. And then even before that, when I was still in college, I, you know, started getting invites to shows from brands I had interned with or brands I had used for styling jobs because I started doing, you know, my first styling job was when I was still in college. So I then started landing invites to Fashion Week through that. And then when I started working at Teen Vogue, I got to go to Fashion Week and I worked at InStyle. I went to Fashion Week. 
And then when I went out on my own, um, you know, continued going to Fashion Week, but it was definitely different because after years of going to shows on behalf of magazines, I was then going on behalf of myself, which was so exciting and on behalf of, you know, making it in Manhattan and my own brand. And it was it was kind of like starting from the beginning a, a little bit. I still definitely had tons of connections and stuff, but you know, when you're going on behalf of a magazine, they're like instantly just like, oh yeah, of course, like you're working in style no matter what you do, sure, we'd love to have you. But now you you have to reintroduce yourself and you're like, no, I'm working for myself now. I have my own, you know, Instagram and digital publication called Making It in Manhattan. I'd love to attend and cover or whatever it might be. So I think it's definitely been re building relationships with brands and then you know over the years you just build amazing connections with different brands and designers who invite you each season and you post for them and support their shows and what they're doing and in return they support you so again I think it's really just about building a great and strong network of you know of designers and with publicists and things like that because it's definitely when it comes to fashion we you you know just to get into the technical side for anyone listening who wants to request an invite for fashion week you you could reach out to brands and put in requests for all you know whatever shows you want to go to and that's a great way to you know could you in the beginning at least like brands won't usually just reach out and invite you you'll maybe reach out first send a request introduce yourself tell them how much you know you're a fan of the brand and how much you would love to attend and things like that and then they can put you on their radar and keep you in mind if, you know, if they have some spots available or whatever it might be. And that's just a great way to start building a relationship with a brand. Yeah, I agree. I've been invited by my PR company and yeah. uh, invited on behalf of magazine too. I love that part because sometimes when you come in and you're telling them that you're press, you automatically sit in the first row. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that was kind of my, you know, thing was I, I went from being with Team Bogan and Style and instantly just like being given a ticket and a great seat. And then when I went out on my own and started building my own brand, I was kind of starting from square one where I now had to re-earn that spot. So maybe I was being invited now just as little old me, but I was being seated like in the back. And over the years, you know, you you earn that spot, you earn that front row ticket, you work your butt off, you build those connections and things like that. So it's it's been a, a really interesting journey but fashion week is just so much fun and it's such an exciting time in the industry and I mean I definitely missed it so much this season and everything um I participated virtually as much as I could and then I did have a couple of, of um like virtual shows I attended and then like two in-person things in New York but it definitely wasn't exactly the same but fashion week is such an incredible and exciting time Oh, it's so much fun. I didn't get to go this season, but I went in February, actually. And yeah, I've seen, I had to watch only virtual shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, I miss it so much. It definitely, definitely isn't the same. Um, but one day, hopefully, knock on wood, we'll, we'll be back to the normal fashion month scene of traveling around and going to all the shows and, and just taking in all the fashion week excitement. Yeah, maybe by February, we will have a little bit more clarity on what's going on. So maybe we'll change. Yeah, fingers crossed. And then we'll have to be back for another podcast to talk all about fashion. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) And how do you scale brand partnerships? Like, how do you get your brand partnerships for someone who may be starting to get involved, you know, in influencer world, how they can start? 
Yeah, that's a great question. How to start getting brand partnerships. I mean, it's definitely, again, it's all about your network and it's all about building those brand relationships and those brand connections. So for me, I think when I first went out on my own, I spent, you know, probably the first like four to five months literally just doing outreach to brands, asking them if I could take them to lunch, asking them if I could take them to breakfast or whatever it might be so that I could sit down with them in person, face to face and introduce myself and they could get to know me and I could tell them more about my brand and tell them that I was writing a book and show them, you know, what my style's like and just kind of, you know, express my interest in working together. So that obviously is a little different now because of COVID. So, you know, my main advice is to really just kind of how I was saying about networking, like reaching out to people, whether it's via email, via DM, like also something that's great is when you can be like organically tagging brands and posts. So like, if you really want to work with, I'm just going to say like Revlon or something, make sure you're doing like beauty looks and tagging Revlon in the posts like all the time, because that's a really great and organic way to build a relationship with that brand. So, you know, I don't know, maybe you love Zara or you love some thrift store that you go to all the time and you would love to build a better relationship with them and potentially land a campaign with them, make sure that you're organically posting and talking about the brand already because it would just, it makes more sense. And yeah, and it's a great way for the brand to like notice you and to potentially reach out and want to work with you. So organically posting and tagging brands and then just doing outreach, reaching out to brands, trying to maybe you could set up virtual meetings, maybe you could do Zoom meetings or even just a phone call to tell them more about you. And then just ask for them to potentially keep you in mind should they have anything going on in terms of paid partnerships. I agree. And you know, what helped me, even when I was just growing, mm-hmm. some brands are so flexible right now. They post, sometimes they repost your content on their page if they like it. And you don't have to be like large I mean, you don't have to have large following, but if they like it, they will repost it. I see so many famous brands posting like even small influencers on their pages. Great way to get more eyes on your page, you know? Yeah, yeah. And also it helped me. I never set really boundaries like for myself. Oh, I can do this or I cannot do this. I was just reaching out to everyone. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it doesn't hurt. You're just trying to get your name out there and you're just trying to build more connections. So reach out to people. Like the worst they can say is no, and that's it. So, and I always say too, no often means not right, not right now. So maybe a brand, you reach out to a brand and they say, oh no, we're going to pass. Well, maybe in a year, you've built up your following more, you've built your content out more and things like that you could try reaching out to the brand again and who knows maybe now with a year of hard work maybe now they'll want to work with you so I never say no is the final answer it could just mean not right now absolutely I've had it so many times they told me no like you know a year or two ago whatever Mm -hmm. and then after they reach out to me themselves and asking me to partner so you never know that's great like see that's that's so exciting yeah what helps you to stay positive during tough times? And especially so many of us influencers working so many hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. experience burnout. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. It's hard, especially these past 
you know, several months, I think we've all just been home and we might be lacking motivation. I mean, I know right now in New York, it's literally like gloomy and rainy out and it's not, not super motivating, but I think for me, just knowing your limits and knowing when you need to take a break. So I don't know, for me personally, I have like personal boundaries of, okay, if I need to take a mental health day today, I'm taking a mental health day. If I need to the rest of the afternoon, sit on my couch and have my cat on my lap and like watch a TV show I love, like I'm going to do that. Like, I think you need to set boundaries for yourself and you need to take mental health breaks because that's how you burn out. If you're just like sitting on your computer all day, like looking at what other people are doing and trying to like reach out to brands. I think it's obviously so important. You need to do outreach, you need to connect with people and all that stuff. But I think you also need to take time for yourself to really treat yourself and to celebrate your small victories and your small wins, no matter if it's just, you posted a great picture today and you loved how it turned out, or I don't know, you got a great campaign or a magazine wrote an article about you, whatever it might be. I think celebrating your little wins and being proud of yourself and all that you're doing, like Sometimes I think we all just get caught up in the go, go, go. And we have to keep working and need to keep achieving. And what's next, what's next that we sometimes don't just stop and appreciate where we're at and how far we've come. So I think just taking time to sit back and and to reflect on how far you've come and having boundaries for yourself and not over pushing yourself to, to do too much because then that's how I think you burn out. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like allowing yourself to take a break and don't feel guilty about it. Because totally in social media, I mean, it can be like 24-7 because it never stops. Totally. It is a 24-7 job. I mean, we're, we're always posting. We're always, you know, researching and emailing and, you know, Instagram and social media, they never stop. So it really is a 24-7 job. So I think when you need to take a break, take a break, like listen to your body. Don't, don't think, oh my gosh, I can't take a break. Like, no, you can take a break. Like Instagram's not going anywhere. Your followers will totally understand. Like they're people too. And they just, they want to support you. Like your followers are following you because they, you know, support you. They love you. They want to see you succeed. So if you get on there and you're like, guys, I'm so burned out. I need a mental health week. Like, they're going to be like, do it, girl, take it, like, do what you need to do. So I think don't put too much pressure on yourself. Everything will be okay. I agree. Absolutely. And where can our listeners find you? Social handles, all the information? Yes, yes. So my personal handle is at Cvazana. So it's my first initial and my last name. And then you can follow and subscribe and check out Making It in Manhattan, our URL for our website is makingmanhattan.com. And then our handle on Instagram is at makingmanhattanofficial. And then if you want to follow me on TikTok too, it's also at Cibazana. Nice. Thank you so much, Caroline. It was my pleasure. Of course. This is so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. You can find me on Instagram as well. It's not Basic Blonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.